Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. The study of Romans chapter 7. Now when it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. That expression, sin that dwells in me, he mentioned it three times in these verses. If you go a little bit further down, you will see that he mentioned this expression, sin dwells in me. Verse 20, sin that dwells in me. Verse 21, evil that is present with me. He mentioned this again and again. What does he mean when he say sin that dwells in me? He means sin nature. Don't let anybody tell you that you as a believer can arrive to a level that you're no longer going to sin. Or in other words, you're not going to have the sin nature anymore. That's the reality of life as believers. They struggle with the two natures that we have. The one is inclining to go wrong. The other one want to please God. The one is inclining to disobey God. The new nature says, I want to please my blessed Lord Yeshua the Messiah. And that new nature has been activated by the Holy Spirit of God. Not by laws, but by the Holy Spirit of God. And so, the struggle that Paul is showing to us in these verses. Again, I'm repeating verse 15 and 16. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. What I hate, I do it. Verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that the law is good. I agree that the law is good. The problem is in me. You know, every problem that exists today in believers' life comes from the old nature. It comes from the struggle that we have in the old nature. The old nature wants to have its own way. The old nature wants to rule in our life. The old nature wants to take control of our life. And we as believers need to learn from Romans chapter 7 and also chapter 8 that that old nature needs to constantly be placed where he belongs, not to feed on it. How do we feed the old nature and how do we feed the new nature? The old nature we feed is when we are occupied with people and problems, when we are constantly looking at each other, finding fault with each other. We are constantly trying to see what's wrong in others, priding ourselves, looking at ourselves, exalting ourselves. That's how we feed the old nature. How do we feed the new nature? Is looking at the beauty of Yeshua. Look at his love and his grace and the way he lived his life here, how he sought to please God. That's how we feed the new nature, reading his word, praying for one another, praying for the needs, singing with grace in our hearts unto the Lord. That's how we feed the new nature that pleasing to God. And then the Holy Spirit of God can take us and lead us forward and help us to live victorious beyond the struggles of the believer's life. I am moving on with what the law is not able to do. Look at this, and now in verse 18, in verse 18, Paul shows us two things. Number one, there is no good in the old nature. Number two, there is no power in the new nature. Now, this is very interesting. In verse 18, he says, and I'm reading again, I know that nothing good lives in me. I'll just pause here for a moment. You and I read enough the epistles of the Apostle Shaul, of Apostle Paul, 
And we could see what a godly man he was. I don't think the Bible ever described to us any more godly men than the Apostle Paul, than Shaul. And Shaul, Paul, still saying about himself as a believer. He doesn't talk about his life before he became a believer. He is speaking as a believer. He says, I know that in me, verse 18, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I don't know if we have ever learned this. I don't know if we have ever think like this about ourselves. Paul says, I know experientially and I know on a basis of the word of God that in me, that is in my flesh, dwell no good thing. So why do we try all the time to improve that flesh? Why do we try all the time to make this flesh more religion or more religious? Had we known like Paul that in a flesh is no good, we would have behaved a lot different. Would you say amen to that? Because the reason that we don't behave different is because we don't think, we don't believe, or we don't like to acknowledge that there is no good in us, in the flesh. But Paul said in verse 18, I know it. I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. There is no good in the old nature. He is repeating this, but notice he continues now, and he shows us that not only that the old nature, there is no good in it, but even the new nature on its own has no power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit of God to activate, to motivate the new nature. And that's why he says in verse 18b, he says this, he says, For I have a desire to do what is good. That's the new nature. But I cannot carry this out. You see, even the new nature that we have still need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to do the things that we need to carry out what we are called to carry out. Even that is amazing. Truth to learn in verse 18 here. How to perform that which is good I found not. In verse 18, I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry this out. Later on in chapter 8, you will see how we can carry out that which we are called to carry out, but it's always in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. In Romans 7, I, me, my, myself. In Romans 8, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit, the Spirit. That's why he's leading us to chapter 8, but he must bypass or go through Romans chapter 7, because that is where we find ourselves most of the time. Well, look, and I'm moving on. In the next verse now, in verse 19, Paul rehearses what he said before again. He's repeating what he just said before. In verse 19, he says like this, For what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. The struggle that we are going through every day of our life. We go through it. By the way, you'll get up in the morning and you'll have to deal with it. You'll continue on during the day. You'll have to deal with it. You'll carry on to the evening. You'll have to do. You go to sleep and you will have to carry it the whole day. Every day is the struggle that we are going through. And the things that we do not want to do, that we do. And the things that we want to do, that's what we do not do. So he's moving on in verse 20 now. He says, Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin or sin nature that liveth in me. Notice there's a difference between the I and the me here. Paul is really teaching us here again the two natures that a believer has. The two natures. You know, the unbeliever, by the way, he has only one nature or she has only one nature. They don't have two natures. 
Because before a person become a believer in Yeshua the Messiah, we only have the Adamic nature, what we were born with. We are descendants of Adam and Eve. And everyone that was born through Adam and Eve, we have inherited a nature, the Adamic nature. Only the believer in Yeshua the Messiah have a two nature. But within the old nature have not died, haven't been removed. You know, sometimes we wish, don't you wish sometimes, Lord, I wish this old nature would have been not there altogether. So I can completely live for you without sin any longer. In heaven, it will happen. No flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. When we're going to get to glory, we are going to leave behind this Adamic nature. There is no sin ever will enter into the presence of God. God is holy. His law is holy. But man is sold under sin. And the old nature will be remaining behind when we're going to get to the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine what will it be like? The struggles that we go here in this world will no longer be in existence. And so these verses and now the verse 21 that is also important here. I find this law at work when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So the me and I are two separate nature. The I here that want to do the right thing is the new man. And the evil that is within me, that's the old nature, the old man. So here is these verses. We've talked about the fact that the law cannot change us, verse 14. The law is not able to help us to do good. This is verse 15 to 21. This is talking about the old man, the old nature. And now the last verses, and we're going to close Romans 7 right here. Verses 22, 23, 24, and 25. The law also cannot set us free. Somebody else can set us free to live the life of the believer. So he tells us now in verse 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That inner being of verse 22, this inner being, I delight to do the in inward man. This is the, the new nature, the, the divine nature. We desire to do the things of God. We want to please God in the inner being, the inward man. Look what the psalmist said in Psalm 119. Let me read that one verse, verse 35. Verse 35 says this, Make me to go in thy path of thy commandments, for therein I do delight. That's a man that is a believer who want to live for God, and he says, listen, I delight inside me to do the will of God. But the old nature do not delight in the will of God. That is a saved man. By the way, the psalmist, David, he was a child of God. Even though he was under the time of Israel before the Messiah had come, he was a believer in God. He received salvation. He was forgiven. So the inward man, he delighted in the path of God's law, God's commandments. So that's why he needed the work of the Spirit of God to help him to do that. Like you and I need the help of the Spirit of God. And so the verse that I just read, it shows us that there is a delight in the law of God to please God after the inward man. The inward man, that's the new nature that we have. And so the next verse now, verse 23, Paul sees that he has another nature that war against God. But I see another law in my members, 
warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Very difficult verse to understand. Let me read it again with another translation again. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. You see, what's happened with the human being is a very complex person. You know, we all have spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of man, the soul of man is placed in the body. And the members are moving. How we have been directing ourselves, the members will move. The members of the body, the feet, the hands, the eyes, the ears. We will shift or we will move to act because the, what we are told, or the, how we are co- being communicated with. So if we, the old nature desires something that is wrong, our members will move on with it. But when we have the new nature, the new nature will shift our members to go in another direction, in direction to please the Lord. And you see, that's what he's really saying here, that he noticed that I see another law at work. Now, that law is not the law that God gave Israel on Mount Sinai. That law is a principle, it's a rule, it's a principle that's existing here. And that's what he's saying, I see another principle of law that is working in my members, in a member of my body. I see another, there's two principles here. It says, waging war against the law of my mind. The law of the mind that speaks about the new nature, the desire, the mind of Christ, the mind of the Messiah. And the old nature working, waging war against the law of my mind. And what it does? Making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. You know, sometimes, we become prisoners when we think that we are free. We become prisoners because when sin always leads us beyond what we would like it to happen. Sin and wrong that are coming from the old nature lead us to go beyond what we would like it to carry us to do. And it becomes, as it says, put us under as a prisoner. Locking us out. No liberty, no joy, no happiness, no satisfaction, no love, no grace. That's what happens when we allow that sin nature to lead us on. That principle at work, that law, the law at work that is in the members of my body is waging a war against us and making me a prisoner. For a moment, please, turn to Galatians 5, if you will. Just for a moment. Verse 17. In fact, I'll read verse 16 first of all. Galatians 5, 16. Paul is saying, I say then walk in the Spirit, that means in the power and control of the Holy Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the thing that you would like to do. But if ye be led of the Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit of God, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, 
fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, rest, strife, sedition, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such a like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That is a characteristic of people who are, when they do it on an ongoing basis, this is a characteristic of unbelievers. But then verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Again, he brings that word law. A principle. A principle that is existing here as the apostle is speaking here. There is another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And so what can you do? (laughs) When you read such verses and you say, what can we do? What is really the reality Paul come to a climax here in those verses at the end of chapter 7. He is telling us in chapter 7 and verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am. O wretched man. You see, that's what I believe Romans 7 should lead us to understand about ourselves, about our old nature, I should say. It should lead us ultimately to come to a point that we are no longer having confidence in ourselves. And we're saying, as the pastor said here, O wretched man that I am. Paul, you're saying it about yourself. I thought you are the apostles of apostles. You're this great apostle that you have gone, you have reached so much, you have shared truths to, to a world you suffered for Yeshua, for the Messiah. Paul, how can you say this about yourself? Paul is really telling us the truth. What he wants you and I to say is the very same thing about our own nature. O wretched man that I am. He does not say, O wretched man that I was. You know, you and I might say, Oh, you see, I was wretched before. I'm pretty good right now. Paul is saying, O wretched man that I am right now as a believer, as a child of God. I am wretched because of the old nature. I am saved and forgiven and blessed because of the new nature. I am wretched with my affiliation with Adam and his descendants, but I am blessed with my relationship with the Mashiach, with the Messiah, and what he has done for me. I am wretched because I have inherited a sinful nature when I was born to my parents who had a sin nature, but I am blessed because of my affiliation with the glorified Messiah who paid the price for my sin, O oh, wretched man that I am. And now look what he says in the same verse. He says, Well, if I am so wretched, how can I be delivered from this? Maybe I'm going to set myself another rule, another law that will help me to get rid of the life of wretchedness that I have in my own nature. Maybe I'm going to set myself some kind of a custom and a ways and a religious activity, what I should do and what I shouldn't do and how I'm going to do it and commitments and all kind of things like this and that will deliver me from my wretchedness. Paul doesn't do it. He doesn't say what shall deliver me. He says who shall deliver me. He looks away from himself 
He looks away from rules and regulations to another person. And he's directing his heart to Yeshua the Messiah. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Another way of saying it, in verse 24, Who will rescue me from this body of death? Who will rescue me? He doesn't say what. He says who. And you know what we learn here? That every time God is challenging us to look away from ourselves and to look to another, to look to Yeshua, to look to the Messiah, to look to the Lord who paid the price for our sins. He is the one who can deliver us. Deliver us. You have a problem, I have a problem with one thing. Look to the Lord. He will help you. You have a problem with lust, look to the Lord. He will help. You have a problem with covetousness, look to the Lord and see what He has done for you and what He has overcome and how much He paid. You have a hatred, look to the Lord and see how much He loved us in spite of us. You have a problem with conflict, look to the Lord. But you know, unfortunately, brothers and sisters, that's where we fail so many times. We don't look to the Lord. We look to ourselves and we make some sort of, I'm not going to do this. We're making some sort of uh, laws and rules and we end up messing it up. We end up back again and again, realizing again that there is a wretchedness. The old nature cannot be improved by no laws, by no rules, but only as we set this aside. And let the new man be fed as it is occupied through the Spirit of God with the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, the Messiah. Who shall deliver me? You see, Paul says, me. Me, yeah, Paul. The struggles that he had in his life. He probably must have been struggling so much in his life. He had so many conflicts when people persecuted him and beat him. And cause him aggravation and put him in jail. Paul needed to look to the Lord to be delivered from reacting in a way that is not pleasing to the Lord. He needed grace from God, from the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. That's why he turned to the Lord and he looked to him and he said, Who? Who is going to deliver me? And he gives himself the answer here. In the next verse, that's the last verse of Romans chapter 7. He turned away from himself and he's looking at Yeshua the Messiah. That's why he says in verse 25, I thank God. God, I thank you. But I thank God not through anything else, but it's only through Yeshua the Messiah. I thank God through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. That's how he thanked God, because God now had forgiven him, had given him a new life, but he had done it through Yeshua the Messiah, the one that paid the penalty for him. You see, he had learned that the power, the, he discovered the power, he, how he's going to be able to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. The power was the inner man. Look to the Lord Yeshua in the power of the Spirit of God. Is enable him to be setting aside that deliver him from the body of this death, to deliver him from this 
active sin that was in his life. It was the person of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. And so we learn, brothers and sisters, you know what we really learn from Romans chapter 7? That the old nature do not know law. We broke every law with the old nature. Even the second thing we learn from Romans chapter 7, that the new nature does not need law. It needs to look to the Lord and in the power of the Spirit of God. The law is good. And we have to seek to obey the law. But we cannot obey the law in the power of the old nature. We need the Holy Spirit of God to help us. So we will be able in some measure to obey the laws that we have been uh, received from the Lord. And even the law of the land. And so what we learn from here, from these chapters, that we have, the law cannot take us away from sin, but Christ, the Mashiach, the Messiah can help us. So, Romans chapter 7 helps us to understand that the legalist have a danger to become a Pharisee when he is seeking to do things on the basis of merely rules and laws. That makes a person legalist. But to be freed from that, we need to look to the Lord Jesus and to activate the new nature in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And he concludes that, and he says in verse 25, So, verse 25 at the end, verse 25b, he says, So then, I myself, in my mind, I am a slave to God's law. That's the new nature. But in the sinful nature, I am a slave to the law of sin. The conclusion with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. That's the conclusion. That's the lesson that our Apostle Paul have tell us to do. Let me just close this meeting with one verse, please, that is found in Philippians chapter 2, please. Just turn to Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to close the message with this verse. Philippians chapter 2. And the verse is verse 13. I'll read verse 12 also. The end of verse 12 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work up for your salvation, but work out the salvation that you already have. How do we work out the salvation that we already have? Verse 13 tells us this. For it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God, through the Messiah, in the power of the Spirit of God, works in us. It's an inner man. Both to do his will and his good pleasure. It is God who works in the believer. Through the Spirit of God. So we can please him and do the right thing. So Romans chapter 7 teaches us what the law in relationship to us, to the believer, and how we need to be delivered from that into the person of the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God will guide us. And Romans chapter 8 is where we're going to talk a lot about the work of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer.
You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.